I'm Rebecca Garrett-Pace. I'm Mitchell Boone, and you're listening to The Day After Sunday. A brief but nerdy conversation about yesterday's worship at White Rock United Methodist Church. We talk about what caught our attention, stories we forgot to tell, and ways that we saw the Holy Spirit moving among us. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome, morning. Keith and Linda. This is maybe a little different than what you're used to if you're a regular attender of the Day After Sunday podcast. Uh, I say that usually, it, I would say usually it's Rebecca, Mitchell, and myself. But you know, for the last month or two, it's been kind of this rotating door of just trying to figure out who's available when because either people are sick or our schedules are busy. And so um, I'm grateful for y'all taking the time to join. Um, if if you wanted to towel hall or miss worship yesterday, Mitchell starts his paternity leave today. Um, and Rebecca's taking the week off as well to just continue to, to heal and get better. So I'm really grateful to you, Keith and Linda, for joining us this day um, to, to discuss the worship that we had yesterday. So thanks for taking the time. Thanks for inviting me. I assume everyone knows Keith fairly well because Keith's been pretty active in our in worship. But uh, Linda, you want to just give us a little bit of a, a, a intro on who you are? Sure. Um, I'm Linda Roby, and I uh, moved into the neighborhood about three years ago with my husband and Frank. Uh, we've been attending White Rock since then, and before then, uh, I was on staff at First Methodist Dallas and Holland Park before that. Um, but it's great to be in this community and to be part of this church. So Love it. Glad to join you. This is my first podcast. Ever. This is your first podcast ever? Yeah. Hey. Wow. I'm a newbie, I'm a newbie here. I love it. Well, we're glad to have you. Thanks for taking the time this morning to to join us and to, to have a little chat. So, um, yeah, if you're if you're tuning in, know that you can uh, you can add comments whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, and we can see those, and we'll be happy to respond if you have questions or comments, or whatever that may be. But um, just just as we usually do, we're going to take a little bit of time to reflect on the experience and what we what we gathered or um, felt or thought about the the worship service yesterday. And um, I, I mean, this is the most obvious and easy one for me to say, but I thought it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, was good. it it felt to me like just a, a service that was really needed given the the climate and the um, the season that we're all in right now. And, and a huge props to Rebecca for continuing to create services that, that feel if really meet the need of where we are as a community and where we are in our country. Um, and I thought that she nailed it first and foremost coming out of the gate with that uh, welcome, the welcome hymn or the welcome song that we sang. Um, I'm trying to find the name of it. I think it was called Welcome. Yeah, it was called Welcome. Um, um, I had never heard it before and I thought it was really beautiful and it just really set the stage for the whole worship service. Um, so I was really grateful for that, that aspect of it. It really speaks to who the church is. You know, we are, um, continuing to work to be a welcoming church in all kinds of ways. And I think virtually, um, is a challenge. And yet I think mm-hmm. Rock has done an amazing job, um, this last year of really bringing people into worship, um, staff doing a phenomenal job of, of creating the worship environment, but also bringing uh, lay people into part of that worship service. And it feels so good to see people to actually, you know, after a year or almost a year um, to not be gathered, but to be able to actually see some of the congregate members online is awesome. It's so weird for me because, so I went to seminary with Justin and Lisa, so I know Justin and Lisa, but like even the Cargills who did the statement of faith, 
I've been on phone calls with Ben and like, you know, I see them in the folk band and, but I've been here for over six months now. And most of these people I still haven't actually met in person, which is just such a weird space. You know, like it's, yeah. it's very strange to have been on staff at a place this long. And, and I feel like so much of what I, my gifting are that here we are talking about gifts again, right. Is it really is relational ministry. And it's such a challenge to, to be rethinking what it means to be a relational minister in a space where you just sit across screens all the time like this. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely been a challenge, but at the same time, like you said, it's, I'm so grateful for the chance to see people on Sunday like that and, and be reminded that, you know, it's not just sitting on the opposite end of the screens, but these are people that are represented and, and still an active part of this community. And what a, what an incredible aspect that, that people do sit down every Sunday to, to be a part of worship together. And we join together in Bible study and for podcasts and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a, a tethering together that, that we still have that I, I think Rebecca said it at the town hall last night that a lot of her colleagues are a lot of people are just walking away. You know, they don't want to sit down and be a part of worship anymore because they don't want to be on a screen anymore. And I get that, but man, I'm really grateful that our community continues to show up. Well, that's, it, isn't, that, isn't that the case? And who would have thought, you know, a year and a half ago that yeah. all of us, you know, if you yeah. want to be the church today, you have to do it virtually. I mean, by way of being connected. I mean, sure. There are other ways of being the church. Uh, but uh, but, the, but that that's stretched and uh, um, really challenged. It still does. Even yeah. though even to have the gifts that we have with Dex and, and others, well, you know, so much more, um, you know, setting this up, you know, you sent me the link. I know how to do that. I can open the link. But Click on the link. Don't ask me to do just a whole, whole lot. Uh, sure. I, I'm an old dog and I could learn a new trick, but, you know, but the whole idea of welcome, mm -hmm. you know, and hospitality, and you would think, uh, while um, I, I, I don't want to be negative, but you know, you would think that the one thing that the church would have to offer the world would be this gift of welcome and hospitality, and yet we have to keep rethinking that. And and are are we as welcoming as we think we are? Yeah, are we as you know um, engaged with guests? not visitors. I, I just can't bring myself to call people who, who, who join us visitors. Yeah. I've always liked the word guest better. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus wasn't a visitor in the home of Mary and Martha. He was yeah. a, a guest. Mm -hmm. he, was a I like that. he was a friend, you know? And so mm -hmm. um, how, how do we as the church, you know, set the bar, not just in the church, but for the culture, a place of welcome. Um, it's a it ha and it, it has forced us to to rethink and and I would even say innovate to some extent because it used to be like we would just open our doors and like you said come come be our visitor come be our guest mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and now we don't have that luxury anymore right, right? and so right. it's trying to like you said rethink what this means then to to be welcomed into people's homes via their TV or their computer or their, you know, tablet, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a total reframing of how we think about like, we're the ones that get to host you as opposed to like, Oh, you're hosting us inside your house now, which, you know, there's a huge benefit in that too. Right. Like, and we, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before that when was the last time the church was in this many living rooms, you know? Exactly. And that's a huge, 
it's a very much big perspective change to look at it that way as opposed to, oh, well, we're, you know, relegated to just be on a screen, you know. Um, so there is benefit in that, but it takes a rethinking, you know, and, and it's easy to get comfortable and we'll throw our doors open and just expect all of our people to come flooding in as opposed to the doors are going to be closed for a lot longer. And I thought I thought the bishop even spoke to that well at the Sunday sit down too, right? That we could have never anticipated we'd not only spend Easter and Christmas, but now we're probably going to spend another Easter not in our sanctuary. And that's just, that's one, it's really tragic and sad. Yeah. Um, but two, it just forces us to figure out, well, how, like we still celebrate the risen Christ. And so how are we going to do that in a way that's um, worthy to our community, but also worthy to, to the risen Christ. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it has to be in our sanctuary as much as it would love to be. We can figure out and be innovative and, and creative and find a way to do that. Um, that speaks to our community and to the love of God. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself though. We, we, we're not even to Lent yet. You know, we don't have to get that far, but we're, right. uh, we're these are the opening song. And we're still the opening song. That's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> the refrain was singing welcome, welcome to this place. You're invited to come and know God's grace. All are welcome, the love of God to share, because all of us are welcome here. All are welcome in this place. And again, like it's a rethinking of welcome here. What is this place? Like it's a virtual space right now, but like, like in some ways, it's actually a more welcoming space than it would be to be in our sanctuary because people, you don't have to be in East Dallas or Dallas at all to come join us in this place. And that's the benefit I keep leaning on is that, you know, we can have a more robust community because we can reach far and wide. And my mom gets to worship with us every, every weekend from Missouri, you know, and that wouldn't be the reality if we weren't in virtual spaces. So. And part of it too is how, how will the church, when we can come back together, we keep talking about that. And I, and I love that. I mean, I, I don't know when that day will be right. or month or year, you know, uh, but how will we continue then to keep space open and welcome yep. people who can't travel to be with us? You know, how, what will our what will our virtual reality be mm-hmm. uh, when 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 it's not necessitated? You know that we uh, we continue to have a, a, a virtual presence. I hope we will. I mean, I want us to. Yep. You know, um, it it. It's a given, I think, now moving forward. That That's one of my one of my jobs is to make sure that we continue to have that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think we always will. It'll just be what does that morph into, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So worship, the opening song, you know, the the call to worship, I thought was great. It this is this is where the work of the Spirit really really uh, carries us because, you know, there was a, a line in there about may we be generous and. And Mitchell, I know Mitchell and Rebecca didn't sit down and, and craft his sermon and her uh, call to worship together. And yet there was very much this emphasis on generosity mm-hmm. in both of them. And um, I love that. I thought that was a great connection point. Um, and Rebecca's always so talented and gifted to do that. But um, other thoughts of things pl- plugging through with the call to worship or, you know, the the first Samuel text out of first Samuel three that I read, I thought was a good connecting point from the week before. Because I think that uh, before we dive into the, the sermon, I think, you know, here, here we are, our uh, pastor selves here. We could probably talk about the scripture all day long. So before we dive into that. I, uh, it, the call to worship, the welcome song, and then the scripture also, I think, tied in really well with the announcements. Sometimes the announcements can kind of be a disconnect, but you talked about the 
um, prayer vigil, the Parkland um, meals, the church and society gathering um, gave people an opportunity to respond. Um, and I, I think that's one of the other gifts that, that you all as a, as a staff um, are really able to do well is just tie things together. Um, and I appreciate that. And uh, back to the kind of the virtual thing too. I think if there's an intentionality about getting on my computer or the chat, I think there's more people chatting mm -hmm. than there used to be. People are getting comfortable or um, willing to put themselves out there, you know, with a chat um, that goes online for everybody to see uh, that they didn't do before. So, so there's a, a movement toward, um, stepping into worship, stepping into some kind of action. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, it's funny how sometimes we throw those announcements together last second. You know, I say that Rebecca's again, really good about keeping us together, but every once in a while there's like a change here and a change there. And we really kind of threw that privilege together very much last second um, at the, the recommendation of Rebecca's mom actually from North Carolina. Um, just saying she thought it'd be really powerful to be able to unite us all in prayer for a few days here at leading up to the inauguration. And we thought, can we really pull that off? And then I thought, it's not that hard. Let's just make it happen. And so um, we were able to just kind of get it thrown together. And, and yeah, like what a, what a great uniting piece. And um, I haven't gone back this morning and checked. Uh, I don't know if anybody signed up for the 1.30 slot this morning, one <laughs> thirty a.m. Because if you haven't looked it up, it, we're just doing a... Um, three days of prayer really starting at midnight this morning leading up until you know right about at the end of wednesday with the idea you can sign up for a 15 minute slot and so we kind of shared it far and wide we passed it to a interfaith gathering called faith for dallas that I'm, we're a part of and then um, a bunch of other um, methodist churches here in, in the in the area so uh, i need to go back and check and see if anybody signed up and and are praying but uh there's lots of slots. So if you want to go and sign up and be in prayer for our country, we encourage you to do that. You can find it at wrumc.org slash we pray. But yeah, no, that's a good connection though, that that sometimes announcements kind of feel like a almost, I don't want to say throwaway time, but they don't, they feel so disconnected from what we're doing in worship, but, but that's a good call that they really, they really did tie in. And even the generosity piece, right? Like with the chaplains, I think that's a really good thing too. That was a, oof, that was a tough email exchange that we had with the chaplains at Parkland this, this week. They, he just said that the morale is just real low and they're having a real hard time right now. And I know that's the reality for all of our um, healthcare system right now. It's just so taxed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's a good, good call. Linda. Well, let's, let's die. I mean, so the kind of the theme for the day was, was live, right? So we're in this series, love local. Um, we're going to look through the, the kind of the four areas of our discipleship, um, I don't want to say path. It's not really a path or discipleship plan. Uh, and the four quadrants are, are live, study, serve, and worship. And so we started the last week was kind of an intro week. And this week we looked at the idea of live and what does it mean to live together? And, you know, one of the, one of the reasons I was thrilled to come on staff at White Rock was because there is such this emphasis on live local, right? Like the tagline of live local, worship local, serve local. Um, and, and yet the kind of paradox of it is, is now here we are where it's really hard. Like we've been saying, to live local because we're all virtual. And so what does it then mean to have this mentality of live local whenever you live in North Carolina or you live in Missouri or in Massachusetts, right? What it, what does it mean to live local and be a part of a congregation to, to worship local when we're almost redefining local, you know, like local is this, this aspect that's totally being redefined by this pandemic. So 
with that said, I think that there's some real beauty of, of what we're being called to in this idea of live. So, so I'll, I'll just open it to you guys. Did you have anything from, from Mitchell's sermon or from the text of the feeding of the 5,000 in Luke 9 that, that really stood out to you or you've been pontificating on? I really appreciated the way that he um, talked about caring for the people that we do interact with, which are limited, but the person at the grocery store or the gas station or the um, the people that come to your house uh, to deliver food or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's real easy to, uh, to not be intentional about that. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, uh, I was struck and uh, had, had never really thought or didn't really know that that food is mentioned uh, in every chapter, you know, um, uh, in the Gospel of Luke, uh, some reference to feeding and food, and how and how that much and how that ties our lives together uh, in so many ways. I think, um, particularly in Jewish culture and society, food was a, a huge important symbol of of who you could be with and who you could not be with, not only because of kosher food, but to include somebody at table meant you regarded them as family, you know, as kin, as accepted. And that's why one of the reasons Jesus was such a uh, boundary crosser, crasher, basically, is he, he ate with sinners and tax collectors. You know, that was one of the chief complaints uh, or charges leveled against him, of, of which he could say, absolutely, yeah, I break that all the time I can. <laughs> you know, I eat with everybody, you know. Uh, and so, you know, what is what does it mean to break break bread when we can't? Yeah. You know, um, but how do we how do how are we nourished in community? How are we truly fed spiritually? when we're in community. I think that's the, the deeper sort of analogy um, to our lives. What are we starving for? What are we hungry for? What uh, What's comfort food to us? Mm. You know, um, soul food, so to speak. <laughs> what is what is our soul food? Um, so I think there are a lot of images around food and table and fellowship and community and welcome and all, all that that's just bound together mm -hmm. um, scriptural. And I had never noticed that food's mentioned in every chapter, you know? Yeah, I hadn't either, which I love. I mean, I know Mitchell talks all the time about Luke being his favorite gospel and it, it's, it's a, it's a close tie between that and Mark for me, but part of it is because there's such a, a communal feel and, you know, I think a lot of kind of liberation theology comes out of Luke as well. And mm -hmm. um, so I love it too. But yeah, there's this call to the table and how this is such a uniting force for us. I think that's one of the things that I've missed so much over the last 10 months is that um, even I do I do a lot of weddings. And one of the things that I love so much about doing weddings is we always will have the, the couple over at least once, if not twice before their ceremony. Um, I always joke that it's because I want them to see what they're getting into because we have three kids here and now a dog as well. And so it's like, this is what you're signing up for. Get ready if you choose to have children, you know, like it's kind of birth control thing too. But but it's one of my favorite things because it's, you know, again, sitting around a table and they get to sit there with our crazy kids as they're like flinging food and, you know, like being crazy. And But we also get to to share a meal together and, and 
like actually I get to hear their true stories as opposed to if they come into my office and sit and it's almost like they're, you know, acting prim and proper whenever they're in my office. But when they come around a table, like it's like barriers drop down, you know, and like you actually get to see the real people at that point. Um, and, and I, I so miss that. Like it's one of the things that I think I miss the most. I'll confess, uh, we, we kind of pod together with, you know, Neil, Neil Mosley was on staff for quite a while at White Rock and um, we kind of pod together with their family. And so they came over on Friday night and it was just such a, a relief to have people in our house and around our table and to get to sit and, and eat. And we played games for a little while and like just, it almost felt like I, I literally woke up Saturday morning. I thought, are we still in a pandemic? Because last night just seemed so fun. And it seemed- yeah. Yeah, it seemed almost normal. Yeah, right, right, right. And I just miss it, you know, I miss it so much. So I think you're right, Keith, the challenge really is then how do we, and I hate to say recreate that because I don't know if there is a recreating, but it's how do we take advantage of the opportunities we have? And like Linda said, maybe it's an intentionality of we still come across people every single day. Mm-hmm. Um you know, before we start, before we got on here, I was t- I was telling you that now that we have a little dog, I walk him around three to four miles a day, like once in the morning, usually once in the evening, and and just walking around my neighborhood, I see so many more people now, and and sometimes they're out walking dogs, or sometimes they're just out walking, or even just you know in their yards and working on their landscaping, and um, but I've become so much more attuned to their lives because I get to see them as I walk past their houses. Sure. You know, at least once, if not twice a day. Sure. Um, sure. As opposed to just like driving by and seeing like a flag they might have flown that I'm like, mm, they're flying that flag, huh? Which I'm, you know, we have a flag out front. I'm sure people say that about us too, you know, like mm, they got that flag out there. Right, right. Um, but you just begin to realize that these are actual people with, you know, I actually said in my prayer, like these are people with real stories of mm-hmm. love and heartbreak and joy mm-hmm. and um, sorrow and grief and, mm-hmm. uh, more than just this, you know, pretty house that that turn that faces the street, and, right. um, and how do I capitalize on that more? You know, as opposed to just putting in the earpod and listening to a book while I walk my dog, but actually being aware and in tune with the people in my neighborhood. Like that, to me, is what it means more to live together right now. Sure. sure. We lo- we lost Linda, so maybe she'll be I'm able sorry. to come back and join us here. Please, Linda. Yeah, right. Come back, Come back to us. We only have a couple minutes left, though. But, but Keith, what else did you have? Anything else in the feeding of the five thousand that really stood out to you? Well, you know the uh, the reference to the to the real miracle. Um, you know, it wasn't wasn't so much of what Jesus did, but the fact that people were willing to open and share what what it was that they had yeah. as, as the as the real miracle. You know. Um, um, there, there is this sense that if I share what it is I have, I won't have enough. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that's um, so oppositional to the gospel yeah. that when you give it away, you actually receive. Uh, and hoarding uh, is a kind of a uh, is a kind of a death. Yeah. Um, a barrenness and emptiness uh, thinking if you keep it in reserve uh, for yourself, uh, you will have, you will, you will always have. Mm-hmm. And the truth is you, you will not have uh, yeah. it, it. It's just the, the, 
you know, that uh, oxymoron of the gospel. You know, <laughs> just, you know, the reversal, the great reversals Jesus That's talked right. about. Um, so, hey. She's back. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, one of the lines Mitchell had in his sermon was, you cannot profess Jesus as Lord and not live generously. And be generous with what we have. We don't have to have it all. Like, that's just, you know, there's, I think that's a very true statement. And the hard part about it is, is generosity is not a uh, exact target, you know? Like, it's a, it's a bit of a sliding scale. And I think often only you have the opportunity to know what's really generous for you or for your family or um, it's not like a, there's a, a dollar amount that goes along with generosity and it's not even just about money, right? That's we, we it, it definitely is about money, but it's not just about money. It's about um, time and resources and um, like there's just so many more things that play into generosity. Um, even, even again, how we, we share our attitude and our personality with the person who delivers our groceries or something like that, right? Like there's still some sort of generosity that takes place there. And um, I think it, I think you're right. This idea of the fact that they were willing to share, right? And the, and the text that says, you give them something to eat, you know? And like, what a command that is to all of us to really sit and wrestle with. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know, and I know you can always find a scripture to, to, to point out, you know, the, the scripture, I can't remember the chapter and verse, uh, mm -hmm. God loves a cheerful giver, mm -hmm. you know, but Bible says it, I, you know, and I do, I do believe that, but then I go on to tell people, you know what, God loves a grumbling, uh, cynical giver too. It's not like God loves you more. Yeah. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver. I think, I think a cheerful giver, uh, has an attitude and a disposition that's more godlike. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because God's surely not stingy, right? In in giving to us uh, grace upon grace. Uh, so yeah, of course God loves a, a generous giver, but God also a cheerful giver. But God also loves everybody, you know, yeah. regardless. It's just from our vantage point. Um, Generosity just begets more awareness of of how generous it is that God is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lorna said, "The more you give, the more you have." Yeah, what a what a post. Yeah, right. Um, you you just said right that that God is a generous giver, and and I always I think I for a long time I really struggled with that. Like, what does that what does that really mean? Like, what does it mean for God to be generous? And you know, like I think I had such a narrow view of what generosity was, but um. I started, I had somebody gifted me Mary Oliver's, I forget which book it is, but it's kind of a, a collection of some, some different poems throughout the years from her. Mm -hmm. uh, and reading through her poems remind me of how generous God really is. Mm -hmm. And Mary Oliver has such a beautiful way of, of looking at nature and, and reconnecting me to nature, even as I sit in my house, right? Like mm -hmm. her words just like, almost like teleport me back to being in nature to recognize the beauty and generosity God has and continues to show to all of us through this, this incredible gift of nature, you know, and yeah. it, it, it may wax poetic, but it's so true if I allow it and allow myself to, to enter into that and really have my eyes open to it. Um, yeah. So thank you, Mary Oliver. <laughs> well, my friends, any final thoughts here on worship yesterday? 
I'm reading a book. Um, Jay Shetty, I think is the guy's name. It's called To Think Like a Monk. Ooh. Um, it's a really interesting book, but um, in there he talks a lot. He talks about, and we've heard this kind of before, but how we tie our passions and our skills um, and our time to being useful, how we can be useful. Um, and I think in this pandemic, especially, we're kind of all struggling with, okay, how, how can I be generous now? How can I, you know, how can I use what, what I've done in the past with how I can be, um, generous today? Yeah. And, uh, just it, I think it's a good challenge. I think we need to always reevaluate and rethink, um, our purpose and our goals and our ways of, of being Christ-like. Um, but it's there. It's yeah. there. We just need time. So I, I think the service, the sermon, the music, all of it, your prayer, um, for me, gave me some things to ponder yesterday afternoon, which to me is the sign of a really uh, important and, and meaningful worship service. Yeah, didn't you say that you were uh, singing the as you couldn't sleep last night? You were I did. Singing. I did. I, I I was in bed for at least an hour, and a lot of it was um, playing the playing the music in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so. I love that. Bring <laughs> forth the kingdom, right? Yeah. Right. Bring forth the kingdom of Bring God. Forth. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, again, thank you all for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us and for everybody who's with us online. I see my mom just messaged and said uh, she very much feels a part of the community, even all the way from Missouri. So we're grateful for that. Mom, thanks for thanks for joining us as well. And um, for all of you who are commenting, we're always grateful to have you as part of this um, every Monday morning. So uh, we'll be back next Monday as well with the podcast. But uh, just know that you can join us um, on Wednesday, we have Bible study at 8 a.m. And you can find the link on our events page. And then uh, um, my uh, fridge repair guy is calling me here. (laughs) Good timing, right? Um, uh, Totally lost my train of thought. Yes, come back Wednesday for Bible study or we'll see you for worship on on Sunday. Um, But just know you can always reach out to us, whether on social media or email us, just to reach out and let us know what's going on in your world. We'd love to be in prayer for you. Um, or we'd love to get you in worship. I think Rebecca said that at the town hall last night too. We, we talked about this, that we get to continue to see folks in the various aspects of the worship liturgy. And we'd love to, to have you record yourself on one of our call to worships or the statement of faith or something like that. And just, or reading scripture, whatever that may be, we'd love to have you. So, um, blessings to you all again, Linda, Keith, thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate you for being a part of our community and for your gifts that you share with us. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. All righty. All right, y'all, we will be back next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to a podcast recorded at White Rock United Methodist Church in the heart of East Dallas. For more information, you can find us at wrumc.org. And make sure you stay subscribed to this channel to stay up to date with all of our content.